It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. All right. Welcome to Money for Lunch. Glad you guys are here. And as always, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing this program. Thank you so much for allowing us, allowing me to, to uh, you know, come into your car, your ears, your, you know, whatever, right? Your device, <laughs> wherever you listen to us. At, I'm so grateful for that. I appreciate your support all these many years. Soon, Money for Lunch will be available on Pandora. So waiting for uh, finals on that should be a lot of, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be another way to be able to access our programming. All right, let's start off with quote of the day. The quote of the day, don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your own heart and tuition your own heart and intuition. This quote is from Steve Jobs. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. Good quote. Great way to uh, start the show. I'm being joined today by Francis Jackson. And Francis Jackson is an attorney who specializes in disability law for those seeking veterans disability benefits, as well as social security disability benefits. He's a founding partner of Jackson McNichol. He's been featured on NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox network affiliates around the country. He most recently appeared as a guest of Ben Glass on the Consumer Advocate Show, discussing the benefits for veterans and social security disability benefits and how his practice allows him to make a difference in the lives of people facing disability. He's also been quoted in USA Today and is listed in Cambridge's Who's Who. Mr. Jackson was honored by the National Academy of Bestselling Authors with a Quilly Award in September of 2012 for his contribution as a joint author to the best-selling book, the Amazon best-selling book, Protect and Defend, where he wrote about protecting one's rights to veterans' disability compensation In 2017, Mr. Jackson was inducted into America's Most Trusted Lawyers for his outstanding work in disability law. And you can find out more about Francis Jackson and his team at VeteransBenefits.com, VeteransBenefits.com. Francis Jackson, welcome back. Thanks so much, Bert. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Well, you know what? uh, I'm always excited to have you on the show. I I love what you guys do for our veterans, and this has become extremely personal now that uh, my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter, has enlisted in the National Guard, and she has been at boot camp for the last three weeks, uh, so this, uh, this whole thing about uh, veterans and our brave men and women has taken on a very personal uh, tone here at Martinez household. Well, that's, uh, that's good to hear, Bert. I'm <laughs> glad that uh, she's doing her basic and we'll get that behind her and move on. Yeah, it's, it's a, it was a little scary and, and a, a big shock. Anyway, so let's talk, let's get started. 
Uh, I want to I want to jump in and and uh, see what's happening with the sailor the sailors off of Vietnam. Um, we had talked about this in the past and see if there's an update. Well, there there is Bert, and it's uh, it's a little disappointing. What's <clears throat> what's happened, as you recall, the Federal Circuit Court of Appeals pretty much opened the door to benefits for veterans who served on ships off the coast of Vietnam but never were on the landmass. And the um, Congress decided that that meant that they should get on board. So they passed this uh, this bill dealing with uh, blue water sailors. And everyone thought that that meant things were finally going to happen. And instead, what's happened is the Secretary of Veterans Affairs, uh, Mr. Wilkie, has exercised the authority kind of hidden in the fine print in that bill to delay any action on benefits for Blue Water Vets until 2020. So nothing's going to happen right off, which is very disappointing. Um, you know, a lot of our clients thought they were finally going to uh, – Get approved for benefits, and now uh, the word is that not for at least another six months. And I'm assuming there was no justification, right? He just said, "Hey, I'm just going to do this." That's right. In fact, um, they, the VA won't even talk about why they're doing it. They're just saying, "Oh no, that's that's happened." That, this, this authority was given to us in the bill, and we've exercised it. That's that's all I all I want to say. Yeah. Um, th- this is this is amazing. Um, it's it, you know again. This is a human being making a decision that literally affects I don't know tens of thousands other human beings who have provided great service, great sacrifice to our country, and, you know, for no reason, he just says, ah, we're going to, we're just not going to deal with it right now. We're just going to, and all I could say is, uh, Mr. Wilkie, you must be getting paid for it, right? There's no reason that would justify a an individual to stop benefits uh, for these uh, sailors, these blue water water sailors, unless there was some financial gain. So somebody's profiting from it is all I can think of. And and if I'm wrong, man, I'd love to have Mr. Wilkie or one of his representatives uh, correct me. But, you know, what's the justification? You know, how how is putting this off for six months going to help anybody? I just, I don't get their thinking at all. It's frustrating. Well, I think you put your finger on it, Bert. I think it helps this year's budget is what it does. Yeah. Um, and maybe – and it could be that. It could be just that simple. All right. So um, uh, we've also talked about the problem of service personnel injured as a result of medical malpractice. And uh, what's the status on that? Well, as you know, that, that issue is up at the Supreme Court right now and, and hasn't been decided by the court. But – the uh, the House has uh, passed a bill. It, it, it will, will go up to the Senate, but it, they passed a bill that 
does a number of things, but among them, uh, it would take away the uh, the legal block that currently exists on suing uh, a service for medical malpractice. So it would allow people who've been injured by medical malpractice in the service to recover damages as any ordinary person would do under normal circumstances where there's been a problem in medical treatment. So um, it's it's not final yet. We don't know how it's all going to come out. I I still think that the Supreme Court is actually going to overturn the Ferris Doctrine and allow these uh, suits regardless of what Congress does. But there's no way to know. It, it, uh, it may happen a little sooner with Congress if the Senate uh, decides to sign on. Uh, as you probably know, there's a lot of uh, political infighting in Washington, and the, uh, this bill is, is tied to some issues about the uh, budget. So whether this piece will survive in the Senate is, uh, is simply not clear, but it's at least a start, and people are talking about it, and hopefully something good will come of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's hope. I, I uh, you know, sometimes the military. You, you know, I've talked about this. It's a huge. It's you know, the, the VA is the second biggest. Uh, what do you call it? Department, and I think the military is the first. And 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 so. The military does attract a lot of great people. Does you know there, there's a, a good amount of high caliber people, high caliber people there. But unfortunately, 80% of these individuals, you know, may not be of the same caliber. And sometimes, you know, they're human and and and, and they make mistakes. And um, I think that if you know if they've made a medical mistake or practice mistake, yeah, look, I think that. Again, our brave men and women shouldn't have to bear the, the, what do you call it, the result of that by themselves. I mean, I think that the military needs to own up to it. I think, anyway, so hopefully, yeah, something good will come out of it. Uh, moving on, moving on. Um, so I want the other thing I want to talk about cause there, uh, is that there's uh, been a lot of discussion about suicide among our veterans. And are there any new developments on that issue? There are, Bert. Um, there are a couple of encouraging things. The Probably the, you know, in sort of the global sense, the most encouraging thing is that the VA just held a big uh, conference on suicide to look at ways that they might be able to do a better job of preventing um, suicides among veterans. And that's, you know, the we, we won't see the results of that for a while, but they, they've done that and so some things are in the works there, and hopefully they will uh, lead to good results. The uh, the more immediate thing, I don't know if you've ever had occasion to, to kind of think about the mechanics of this, but I was recently talking with a veteran, um, and he suffers from PTSD, and he was saying, you know, this – it's a very clumsy system. What you have to do is you have to dial uh, a 10-digit 800 number, and then you get a menu that says, you know, if you want the suicide prevention line, hit this, 
and then it rings to another number. And he said, you know, in that amount of time, I can put the gun in my mouth and pull the trigger. So uh, I haven't really ever had it put as graphically as that before. And I, uh, I was pleased to see that the VA is now talking about changing their system so that it's a, it's a three-number dial, like uh, dialing 911. And I'm hopeful that that is going to come to pass within the next few months. But uh, one, one never knows about how, how long these things will take. But it's, it's on the drawing board, and I'm hopeful that it will happen. It seems to me that anything we can do to improve the effectiveness of the suicide prevention techniques is a major step forward. I agree with you. Uh, and I have to agree with, with the person you spoke with. It's a little ridiculous to dial, you know, a, a long number, not, you know, 800. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, granted the BA again, is, is trying to serve everybody literally around the world. So, okay. I could, I could see you have to dial an 800 number. Okay. But then having to be put on a hold or you have to go through a series of menus while you listen to the one that's right for you is, is a bit rough. I mean, we all, when I say we all, I mean, typically us humans hate having a bunch of menus and, you know, press one for this, press two for that, you know, and then of course you press that button and you're put and you're placed on hold. You don't even get to talk to a live person uh, in, in some occasions. So, uh, I agree that that is that needs to be shortened. It would be nice for them to come out with a I don't know six one one or a whatever the equivalent of SOS would be. That would be a nice little military throwback. <laughs> That's a good thought. <laughs> um, all right. Um, let's see. Uh, we've also discussed the changes in the appeals process for veterans to obtain disability benefits. And I want to ask you how that is now working out. Well, Bert, it's it's still early days, so it's hard to uh, to to know long term how it's going to work out. But I think what it's going to look like is is something like this. Um, the way they had the process structured before, you would get an initial decision. If you disagreed with that, you'd file your notice of disagreement. After that, you could have a discussion with a decision review officer if you wanted to, or you could just wait for them to issue what they called a statement of the case. And after the statement of the case was issued, then you'd form, you'd file another form, a Form 9, saying, yep, I really do want to appeal. I really mean it. And then uh, you'd wait around for the regional office to certify the case to the board. And then you'd finally get your hearing at the board. And roughly, on the average, that's about a seven-year span we're talking about. Okay. What's happened under the new system is they've cut out some of these pieces in the middle. So now you can file a notice of disagreement, and you don't have to wait for a form for an SOC. You don't have to file a Form 9. You don't have to wait for certification. It just goes to the board. So what's happening, as far as we can tell, is there's a, a modest increase in cases going to the board. So that part of it's going to back up a little bit. But they've cut out these pieces in the middle. So our best 
guess is that the way this is going to work is that from the time you get an unfavorable decision and file your notice of disagreement, instead of looking at a seven-year process, you're probably down to somewhere between four and five. Now, that's not wonderful, but it's a heck of an improvement. So, you know, it's a, it's a start at least. It's a huge start. I mean, again, you're right. It's, it's uh, what do you call it? Uh, not as fast as we want, but at the same time, you just you you cut off two years. That's still that's pretty dang that's pretty dang nice. It is, and the other piece of that, Bert, that I think will really help a lot of people is a lot of veterans were confused by this whole we get the SOC, you have to file Form Nine within sixty days thing, and uh, to exacerbate that problem, the VA had a real problem about getting these SOC notices sent out properly, and a lot of times they wouldn't. In fact, there's a report from their own inspector general saying there was a real problem with that. So a lot of people kind of lost out on their appeals over this whole SOC Form 9 thing, and I'm hoping that by cutting that out, a lot of folks who are not familiar with the system are going to not lose out and they're going to be able to, to stay in the process and get their appeal heard. Um, you know, it, it looked like from the information that we could get, the government certainly didn't publish statistics on this point, but looked like maybe 10% of the folks who were trying to appeal actually got knocked out at that step. So, you know, that's, that's a big deal that they've taken that out and they've shortened the process. I'm hopeful that they'll, speed it up some more, but, you know, it's a step. That's the important part. It's a step. Yeah. And, and to be clear, it's a step in the right direction, uh, which, you know, it doesn't always happen. Sometimes we see lateral steps or, or in the case of uh, Mr. Wilkie, uh, Secretary Wilkie, uh, you know, staying a decision uh, on uh, the Blue Water Sailors. So, so yeah, it's a step in the right direction. So it's encouraging. Um, let's see. Um, you know what? Let me ask you this. Um, you've been doing this for a long time. What are the most common questions veterans have about their benefits? Well, there are kind of three categories of, of questions that we get an awful lot. Um, the first question that we get an awful lot is simply, how do I go about applying for veterans benefits? And as you and I have talked about on a couple of occasions, there's now a uniform process for that where you um, can get the form on the VA's website and either fill it out on their website or mail it in or take it in if you want. Um, so that's kind of the first piece is the how-to. The second question that we hear an awful lot is what benefits am I eligible for? And there's still not a lot of good information out there for veterans about what they may be eligible for. And just as an example, my daughter recently had a hearing. Uh, my daughter, Alex, who you've met, uh, is, uh, is doing hearings, uh, a lot of them, and recently had a hearing and the, the gentleman that she was representing was not aware that he would be eligible for 
presumptive service connection for diabetes because he uh, had served in the right period to be uh, to fall within that and uh, some other claims so there's still a lot of confusion and lack of information kind of generally particularly among older veterans about what benefits they may be eligible for so that's kind of the second generic category if you will the third category of questions that we get all the time is how long is this going to take and you and I were just kind of talking about that but people ask that in in more specific increments you know how long is it going to take for them to process this claim I've just filed or how long is it going to take for um, a higher level review person to look at my claim if I ask for higher level review or how long will it take the decision review officer to get to my case and issue a statement of the case if you have an older claim that's still in that process. But um, it it varies and, you know, we try to be realistic with folks and say, you know, it's not going to be quick. And, and it's very frustrating for most of our vets because almost all of them come to us with the thought that, gee, my claim is perfectly clear. It's obvious that I should get these benefits. I don't understand why the VA turned me down. Can't you fix this quickly? And unfortunately, we routinely have to say, no, there's no way to fix it quickly. What we can do is we can fix it, but fixing it quickly is unlikely. And it's, it's sad to have to say that, but that's the reality. Yeah, it is sad. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, the little experience that I have with the military is unfortunately the military because it has to deal with so many numbers, it doesn't move quick. I mean, it's, if you're an active duty uh, person, it's very common for you to wait hours and hours. You know, they get you up right and early. You get uh, all decked out in your, uh, equipment and then you sit and you wait and you wait and sometimes you wait all day literally all day eight nine ten hours uh, before you get your next set of orders or before they decide that the uh, that they're not going to use you and, and so you're you're dismissed to go back to uh, whatever else you were doing the military does not move quickly uh it's just it's so big and bulky i don't think it i don't think it, it i don't think it ever will uh you know i hate to say that but it just seems like you know that they, they need you know one of the things that makes it so slow to process a claim is that they don't have enough personnel and then you know you have people like uh robert wilkie and 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 some of the other uh secretaries that we've had who uh, sometimes have good intentions, but they hit a wall of uh, red tape that they can't cut through. Um, you know, years ago, I, I believe it was, uh, was it Secretary McDonald at that time? I can't remember his name, but, but he wanted to fire like a thousand people because they were so they were so bad at their job, and he couldn't do it. Yep. Yeah, there's there's a lot of bureaucratic red tape. There's no question. Yeah, and so, but but here's the deal: if it wasn't for 
com- you know, for, for law firms like yours, you know, for, for people like yourself, Francis, and your partner, McNichol, and, and, and your daughter, and, and your team out there at Jackson McNichol, uh, it, uh, you and I both know that some of these veterans would never, ever get their benefits. They'd never get justice. And they, would, and they and their family would just simply suffer in silence because there are no other options. And, and, and the shame of it is, <clears throat> is that there are veterans right now who are suffering, who don't know, you know, they've tried everything that they know how to do as far as trying to work within the system, and they're not getting anywhere. And in, until they find veteransbenefits.com or some other law firm, they're stuck. They're not going to get. They're not going to get help. Sadly, that's true. Well, Francis, as always, thank you so much. I appreciate the work that you guys do at VeteransBenefits.com. I think it's imperative. You help keep the government accountable. You help keep. You help the government keep their promise to our brave men and women. And I'm grateful for the work that you guys do and looking always forward to to having you back again. Thanks for those kind words. We appreciate it, Bert. You bet. Always good to have Francis Jackson here on the show. Uh, Just love what he does. Uh, You know, he's he's just passionate about what he does. He cares about people with disability and making sure that they get their benefits. Definitely cares about veterans' disability benefits. If you have a question about your benefits, whether it's Social Security or Veterans Benefits, go to VeteransBenefits.com. Get the help that you deserve. Maybe you just want a second opinion. Maybe your claim has been denied and you just want to get a second opinion. Or maybe nothing's happened. It's been you know a while and you haven't heard anything from the VA or from the Social Security Administration and you need some answers Francis can steer you in the right direction. He'll be glad to speak with you for free and point you in the right direction. As always, my friends, let's share this episode with everyone you know. Let's help as many people as we can to uh, get the benefits that they deserve. And as always, my friends, remember you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.